another edition of the Xamarin Podcast. The Xamarin Podcast enables you to stay up to date with the latest in Xamarin and mobile.net development. I'm Pierce Bogan, a program manager here at Microsoft on the mobile DevTools team. And today I'm excited to be joined by the PM for Xamarin Forms, David Ortnow. David, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. You sound fantastic today. Yeah, the uh, Build Week will get you, man, because we were at Build last week. I don't, I don't know exactly when we're going to publish this, but we were at Build last week and I don't think like a lot of people realize like just how how much work goes into an event like that to make it happen. And uh, by the end of the week, like I got home on Friday evening after being there for six days. And I, I'm not kidding when I say I slept until five or six p.m. on Saturday and I went to bed at a decent hour. It's not like I'm going to bed at three a.m. And I did the same thing on Sunday. And then like Tuesday, I felt something coming on. and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> and the build week, the build week sickness will get you because it, it has hit me full on. And of course, perfect timing, right, is I'm about to go into vacation next week. Um, so hopefully I can fight that off. And the worst, the absolute worst about thing about getting sick is I'm not one of the guys who's like, um, I go to the doctor or I refuse to go to the doctor or whatever. And I'm like, I'm going to fight this off like a man and all this other stuff. Like I, I'm the guy who goes to the doctor too much. Mm-hmm. And so I went to the doctor on Tuesday and it's very frustrating because when it's viral, you know, there's really nothing they can do besides treat symptoms. And I was like, just give me the shot, you know, just give me the shot. I want to be better. You know, the, sh- the shot makes you better in like 24 hours or whatever. And I was like, I just want the shot. And they were like, it's not going to help. And I was like, please just give me the shot. Like, it's so frustrating to just have to wait it out. But that's yeah. essentially what I'm having to do. So if I apologize for the raspy voice that I'm bringing to the podcast today. Well, I think it's a fantastic dynamic. People are going to love it. And I will say, uh, and you can choose to edit this out if you have to, but I saw the behind the scenes. I saw how hard you were working up early, up late, uh, making sure that all those keynote pieces came together that we were responsible for, making sure everybody had what they need to have. So I want to give a big shout out to you for the hard work you did because it was amazing. And you may not get the the stage accolades and have your name on the presentations, but I know and I want everybody else to know how hard you worked. And we really appreciate that. Oh, that's very sweet, David. But I mean, to be fair, it was like a whole team effort type of thing. Our the whole Forget PM the team, team man. Did an it's all job. about you right now. It's all about me. They no, it's can all get about accolades me. from their people. I'm I'm giving it to you, man, because you did oh, a good job. I appreciate job. that. You did an awesome job too, and you were prominently featured at Build as well. You were up on stage. You were on the live stream. I that's know, big right? News. I, I suppose so. I didn't get to watch the live stream since I was doing it. Uh, <laughs> right. But yeah, there were there were actually two sessions. So I'll just give a quick mention to the first session. Uh, it's on Channel 9, which was Designing Mobile Applications. It's just a short 18-minute presentation from the studio um, about designing uh, just kind of, you know, the more of the UI user experience aspect of things. But uh, but yeah, then the live stream one, Jason Smith and I got up and uh, we had a lot of uh, fun sharing the future of Xamarin Forms. Well, we did a little bit of a recap, right, about what we've done over the past 12 months since the previous build, which was a lot of open source because it's our first year celebration of, of being an open source project. So we talked about our PRs, the, the high number of committers, uh, people that are contributing to the project, the very active community, which we absolutely love. And uh, we're, we're continually working to get better at helping get those PRs merged and, and approved and make sure we've got the appropriate test coverage, et cetera. Um, but then, of course, we, we announced uh, what we are planning for Xamarin Forms 3.0. Wow, Xamarin Forms 3. It's been, a, it's been a long time since Xamarin Forms 2. I think it was Xamarin Forms 2 was that last, I think that might have been, 
November of 2015 with Xamarin 4, right before the Microsoft acquisition. Mm. So there's been a lot of work. So if yeah. you haven't given Forms a try, like since Xamarin Forms 2, even though it's only, you know, one number bump, it's been a huge difference in the last year and a half. Yeah, yeah. As, as of today, uh, what we, we're at uh, 2.3.5 and change, right? So uh, the way that we've been versioning so far, it's mostly that third number that's been getting bumped occasionally. The second number gets bumped when we have larger features. Um, but uh, it's been a lot of bug fixes lately and a few features rolled in there. But uh, the attention has mostly been to the quality of the product and to performance. So absolutely, if you haven't tried Xamarin Forms in a while, now would be a good time. Um, check it out. It's probably, especially if you haven't done it since 2.0. Wow, it's going to be a huge, huge difference. And I, I did some anecdotal performance testing myself, uh, pulled up a list through a bunch of, uh, you know, like 15,000 items at it and tested version 2 versus version 2.35 with the fast renderers that we've talked about previously. And uh, I saw some really nice improvements. Um, of course, it depends on what devices, what OSs you're using, but um, certainly some wonderful work has gone in between those versions. So I would say that uh, as, when it comes to 3.0, um, kind of the themes remain the same from the top level, which is quality and performance. Um, Android is getting the majority of the performance attention, but everybody's going to benefit from that. So uh, some of the work that's in there, again, the fast renderers, we're also going to spend some time on the renderer API itself. Um, if you have done custom renderers with Xamarin Forms in the past, you may have noticed, uh, you know, a little bit of inconsistency uh, between the platforms, and maybe some sometimes those renderers are a little inconsistent even within the platform. So we're going to standardize that, make it easier for everybody to create renderers, uh, as well as you know improve the performance where we can uh, while we're working on that. Um, pr probably though. Uh, before I get too far into performance, the biggest thing that we showed, and I was really glad to demo, was the Xamarin Forms embedding feature. So have you seen that? Yes, and I'm a major fan of Xamarin Forms embedding. So I think I've done like in the past before this feature came up, I'll just set it up. In the past, what I'd done, if I wanted to go like native iOS, native Android, and I was building an app that if I was doing with Forms, you know, I'd have to write a lot of custom renders, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And... Essentially, like I wanted to use Xamarin iOS and Android, but I also wanted the benefits of Forms where I was also like maybe like a few screens in my app. I was using Xamarin Forms because it made sense there because like, for example, I'm not rendering a live preview of the camera like I was trying to do in my Snapchat clone. Um, doing things like that before was always kind of tricky because you kind of had to like basically just use Xamarin Forms and then use a whole bunch of custom renders which wasn't really great because you had essentially the overhead of forms for your entire application when you were maybe only using it in a few places. And so Xamarin Forms Embedding is amazing. It's probably my my favorite thing that we've added to Xamarin Forms. Jeez, uh, maybe <laughs> since 1.0, which is kind of crazy to say, but like it vastly increases the number of ways that you can use Xamarin Forms. So what it is, is essentially you can take any content page in XAML or C Sharp and take that uh, take that Xamarin Forms content page and embed it directly into Xamarin iOS, Xamarin Android, or UWP. Mm -hmm. And so you're not bootstrapping forms up for the whole entire app and doing custom renders and all that stuff. So essentially, like it, it provides the flexibility that you want. So like if I want to go Xamarin Forms, I have a few places I need uh, custom renders in that really custom UI. Well, then I'll just build a forms app, do a few custom renders. But if it's the other way around, like I said, we really didn't have an approach for that, and now we do. So I'm super psyched yeah. about this. 
Yeah, exactly. And, and you did a great job of explaining it, so I don't have to. Um, if you want to see demos of it, check out the build presentation, which we'll put a link to, I'm sure. And uh, and I also have a code repository using uh, one of my favorite uh, sample apps that could really use some UI love, and I'm, I'm working on that. Um, but essentially what I did is I took the iOS Android UWP weather app and uh, brought just a single forms page into it and, and showed the power not only of embedding forms, um, but also... Also, it supports, uh, you know, images and custom glyphs with a custom font, um, styling and all that sort of thing. So super easy to do. Yeah, back when I started with Xamarin, uh, of course, Forms wasn't around. So I was looking for any which way I could to not only share UI code, but, uh, you know, just some of those... um, Oh, conveniences, I guess you could say. So I happened upon things like mono dialogue, right? Where you had a really simple syntax to express essentially a table layout and, right. and, and, and embed your data source right into it. And it was, it was nice and convenient. It was great for rapid prototyping or for those pages that weren't super important. So uh, one of the developers on the engineering team, I think, uh, made this comment. He said, it essentially takes the risk of choosing Xamarin Forms to zero. Because you could start a, pro, a project with Xamarin Forms, and if you decide that you need to go more of the Xamarin native route for whatever reason, you can still reuse those content pages that you've invested time and effort in, and you can bring them over. Or you can start with Xamarin iOS, Xamarin Android, UWP, and as you want to sprinkle in Xamarin Forms for its conveniences, for its you know simplicity, you can do that. Um, so, so many different ways you can start using Xamarin Forms now above and beyond what you've ever done before. So it is a preview feature right now. It's a 3.0 preview. Um, I have instructions on a blog post on our blog about how to get started with that. And those are also included on on my uh, GitHub repo. So it's a awesome. separate it's separate build feeds is the big thing to call out here that uh, it's not part of our nightly build. It's not part of a pre-release currently that we ship for, you know, what's going to become stable soon. It's a it's a 3.0 early preview, you know what I'm saying? It's 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 not even a preview, it's an early preview. Gotcha. Well, we're definitely going to want like the community's feedback on this cuz this is obviously a very exciting scenario and I know a lot of you have probably tried to do Basically, what I described, the the bootlegged way to do forms embedding before it was forms embedding. And so if you're trying something similar, it's definitely worth giving this a try. Now, are there any limitations or anything like that? Like, does dependency service work and all that stuff? Yeah, so dependency service works. Um, the messaging center works. All your binding will still work. Of course, you need to set your binding contexts. Um, the only thing I have found so far that is not working and we will not support is the navigation service. So, um, which, which kind of makes sense, right? Um, if you're bringing it into a iOS application, Android application, you probably have something else you're using. Um, right. To, and to I mean, mixing the, the native navigation service with the Xamarin Forms navigation service, that just is, is a recipe for disaster. <laughs> <laughs> right. And all sorts of weird bugs that are hard to reproduce and all sorts of things. So, yeah, it makes sense if you're building a native Xamarin application, you use the native navigation stack to drive the to drive all the nav rather than forms. Exactly. Cool. So. Well, in addition to forms embedding, which obviously super excited about you mentioned some performance stuff um in the in the past we had covered uh, fast renders um but for those who don't know what fast renders are and why they're awesome and uh why they help performance do you want to give a brief overview of what exactly that feature is 
So quite simply, when when Xamarin Forms was first built as more of a prototyping, rapid you know development platform, um, it was convenient to wrap renderers in a view group essentially, uh, or a separate view layer that allowed us to expose some common things. So that was great and that was convenient. But what that meant was uh, you you end up with two view elements on your visual tree as opposed to just the one that you expected. So uh, on iOS, generally not a problem. Nobody even notices it. The performance on iOS is pretty locked down. But on Android, where infl- view inflation is, is a very costly thing, as well as you know garbage collection, um, it becomes a problem, especially when you have a lot of views. So every layout, every view is doubled up on the, on the, the tree. So what Fast Renderers does is it eliminates that extra view uh, wrapper and does a little bit of API cleanup to streamline things. Um, but that, you know, naturally, as you can imagine, you, you're going to start to see a memory performance uh, boost in, in terms of, you know, lower memory consumption. Um, but then also your your rendering should be faster. What we've shipped uh, pre, uh, currently in the 235 pre-release are the button, image, and label controls for Android. Um, we uh, just did a 3.0 uh, planning meeting with the team and we are going to prioritize and knock out the rest of the Android fast render as we're working on that now. And uh, we will be rolling this out to iOS and UWP as, as we get there. Uh, so, you know, we'll have fast renderers as the, the, the default everywhere. Um, but these are additional renderers. I want to mention that. So if you have built components that extend the existing renderers, those still exist. We're not removing them. Um, we're going to give you the capacity to choose which one you want to use, but we are going to default eventually to the fast renderer um, so that everybody gets that performance boost by default. So we're, we're trying very hard not to break anything here, um, but also to you know correct some of the architecture that um, was convenient early on, but had other implications and, and, and now performance is way more important for us. Um, so yeah, so that's essentially fast renderers. Uh, in terms of other performance things that we're working on, um, layout compression is something I think we've talked about previously, haven't we? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So what layout compression does is it essentially looks at your um, the nesting of your your visual tree and looks for areas to improve it at compile time. So uh, it will reduce and flatten your view essentially. Uh, which if you've done any performance work uh, on any platform, this is not <laughs> forms Xamarin form specific. Uh, I used to have to do this in tons of other technologies. Um, right. Flatter is better, um, and text does not. Uh, perform well so <laughs> yeah and i know cheese baron um who's one of the our xamarin yeah. mvps wrote a really really good blog post on how exactly to improve layout performance mm-hmm. and it kind of breaks down because even as someone who's done some android development you don't really understand all the different things that are happening and how it's drawing the ui and all that sort of thing and so even after you know the initial inflation you have if things change on the page there's redraws and things like that so it's not even just about the initial inflation of the UI. There's just so much going on. Um, and like you said, I mean, these are these are awesome improvements that are that are going to help the performance of your applications. But at the same time, they are changing some of the way that the layout is actually happening behind the scenes. So it's super important that you try this out, like on your production apps, like just fork it, pull down the NuGet, try this puppy out and see, number one, do you get a speed boost? And number two, does it have any like side effects or anything like that that we need to be aware of? Because catching these things early in the process, like they've said, we have this 3.0 NuGet. It's not even on NuGet yet. It's on MyGet. 
And catching these things early is going to be really good uh, so that we can get 3.0 out quickly and ensure that mm-hmm. these performance enhancements not only make things speedier, but also uh, don't break anything. Yeah, exactly. Um, one other thing I want to mention on the performance front that we've been working on uh, with our, our continuous integration system and our build system, uh, we do UI testing with Test Cloud and um, we have a really nice CI. So we've been working on uh, creating some performance benchmarks with a threshold. And so essentially what we want to be able to do and what we are working towards, and hopefully we'll be able to implement this very soon in our production uh, build system, is is have those thresholds that says, hey, if performance goes above this, we've got a problem. And we can do this on build, on commit, you know, we can flag it however we want to want to do it on what, you know, how regularly we want to do it. But the thing is, when you are visually testing something, if you don't know what you're looking for, not everybody is going to agree, hey, that just got a little bit slower. You know what I'm saying? You're not comparing visually one screen against another screen. But with, with having these metrics and recording history on these things, as we're making commits and making changes, we'll be able to early identify, hey, uh, this this view used to render at this speed, now it's rendering at this speed, or startup used to be here and now it's here, we've got a problem, and we can fix that. Wow, that's really awesome. So the team's not just saying, okay, did I break things, but also saying, yeah. did I make things slower? And, that's that's really cool. And it's not just about us, right? It's about the whole stack because we depend on other things. We depend on Xamarin iOS, Xamarin Android. We depend on Mono. We depend on you know the OS itself that we're running on top of. And uh, you know, not every time is it something that necessarily was introduced with our code. Um, but it, it, it uh, you know, kind of rears its head, right, when you're running a Xamarin Forms app because we, we're an extremely popular platform. We have a lot of people using our stuff, and, and it's not really fair for every developer to understand the intricacies of all the dependencies that go into making the app run on device, right? So it, the earlier we can identify, hey, we've got an issue. Is it our issue? Is it, you know, where is this issue coming from? Let's help identify it raise the red flag and get that thing fixed before we ever ship that thing out the door. That's awesome. And then I also see in the in the blog post, which like Dave said, we'll put in the show notes, there is a one-time binding mode that's being added to the binding system. I have, I'm reading this now and I have absolutely no idea what that is. So would you mind explaining that a little bit and why that's useful and that sort of thing? Yeah, I think other binding systems have this. I know it's present in UWP. Um, essentially, if you have a value that you are going to bind to your view, and only the first time that view gets rendered do you need oh to gosh. actually bind it, then that's, that's amazing. That's all you need. Um, so why get updates when you don't need them, and you don't need right. to do those round trips? You don't need two-way, blah blah blah. So yeah, it's it uh, it should make a difference um, depending on how much binding and how how big your view is, how much data you're you're using, but. Um, some people, you know, as with many of these things, your mileage may vary. Uh, it may make a huge difference in your app, it may, but it, it really should be something very straightforward for us to support. Um, and we figured, uh, it's a good one to include. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm thinking right now about all the times I use this. I mean, I, it makes me question sometimes whether I should be data binding it to begin with. Um, but I mean, a lot of places, like I was just thinking about some apps I built, like the about screen, like a lot of those values, like the version and all that stuff, that's that's data bound from my view model. And it's not mm-hmm. going to update 
Um, mm-hmm. So there's really no reason, like you said, that we should be doing round trips to see if there's updates and that sort of thing. So that makes yeah. a lot of sense. I'm excited about that. Yeah, it'd be a cool one. It uh, seems to be, a, you know, in my opinion, a low-hanging fruit uh, would be nice to have. I think UWP actually even has that as their default binding mode. I don't know that we'll be able to do that. Uh, you know, we need to make sure that backwards compatibility is what it needs to be, and we're not, you know, changing behavior on everybody's app just just because right. they upgraded. But uh, yeah, that's a good one. And then in terms of actually um, building out your forms applications, the way that we lay out our UIs and the way we style them as we build them. There's also some updates in 3.0 to this as well, correct? Yeah. So uh, if you've been paying attention to the GitHub repo and, and some of the chatter in the evolution form, we, we have a flex layout based on a flex box model um, that we are playing with. Uh, we have an early build of it, and uh, we should be getting that out into a preview release shortly. Um, but essentially, it's, a, it's kind of an adaptive layout uh, mechanism that your view will uh, behave by the rules um, that you define for it. Um, so it's a different way of constraining your views. It's good for uh, things that need to flow to do a flow layout. It's really good for that. Um, but it can be good for a lot of things. It's, of course, inspired by uh, and comes from web uh, architecture. So you can readily imagine, you know, I, I can resize my browser and, and everything flows as it's supposed to when I use a flex Flexbox model. Um, so there is that. Um, I will also mention that we are entertaining um, implementing a relative layout as well that is more inspired by and matches up more closely with UWP because they have a very nice adaptive layout in, in how they implement relative layout, which is different from how we implement relative layout. So, uh, you know, and this kind of leads into, if you don't mind me going ahead and segueing into Go what it. I think we'll probably talk about next, which is the additional, what we call backends. So as we add other platforms onto Xamarin Forms and support taking your applications to more more places, we call those backends. So iOS, Android, UWP are backends. Um, Mac OS, which is out in preview now in 2.3.5, check that out. Um, and I demoed that at Build a little bit. Um, that's a lot of fun. So uh, we are currently working on GDK Sharp, which takes you to Linux, and WPF, wow. which uh, I was pleasantly surprised how many people, once we announced that at Build, came up and said, this is going to be really good for us. Uh, we've been wanting this for a long time. So um, that's encouraging. It's, it's encouraging to know the decisions you're, yeah. that are being made uh, have, have good support from customers. Um, so the reason I'm segueing that is, um, you can start to see how important these adaptive layouts are as we go to other platforms which have different window models, right? So it's no longer a portrait landscape phone or a tablet and just dealing with different uh, DPIs and such. Uh, now we have, you know, I might have two, three windows for my application. And mm-hmm. I need to support talking between those windows. I need to support resizing those windows. Desktop applications, um, as those who have done that kind of work before, it's, it's a different beast. Um, but, you know, the fantastic thing here with Forms is uh, Xamarin Forms is going to give you the ability to share that code all the way around. So you're starting to see the realization of that that big dream of that right once, run everywhere of sorts. Um, right. Run everywhere of sorts. I think I just flubbed that line. but. Um, <laughs> Uh, but what I've always loved, and I will say this because I've worked with other platforms um, and other technologies that have promised the right once run everywhere. I, I didn't chase that as a dream, but I just happened to have worked in several technologies that that, that was kind of their, their thing. What I love about Xamarin is uh, it never blocks you from getting all the way down to the platform 
tooling and, and you know, the, the, the lowest metal of the SDKs to be able to do exactly what you need to do as a native developer for that platform. So Forms gives you tons of uh, benefit, but doesn't stop you from doing what it is you need to do. Whereas with other, other things that I've worked with in the past, you could only go so far. And if they didn't expose something or support something, you were kind of on your own. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, the other thing, pairing it back to an announcement we already talked about in the podcast, like desktop, sometimes maybe you want to even use like a totally, you don't want to share any code with your mobile apps besides maybe a few screens. So you could, I mean, even though it's not supported right now, except for UWP on Mac OS and GTK Sharp and WPF, I mean, you can see the use case for forms embedding there as well, because maybe there's some screens that translate very well in Xamarin Forms mm-hmm. uh, from mobile to desktop and some that don't. And so you could use forms embedding there as well. And I mean, I love WPF. I, there's uh, millions of WPF developers. It's a it's a great platform to develop for. So that's like the back end for me that I'm like, I love this because WPF development is amazing. And now I have Xamarin Forms with it. So I'm super psyched about that. And like you said, we still have access to all the raw metal down below. Mm-hmm. So there's really no limitations, which is really like for me, the biggest thing, because using, like you said, some of these other frameworks and things like that. It's always been difficult because if you're going to hit something one day that you want to do that you will not be able to do. And yeah, it, by being yeah. able to get down to the, the bare metal, you can always, you can literally always do it. Now, I know people don't want to always go down to the metal because it's not sure. convenient, but at least having that access, that that's super powerful. And I mean, the fact that now we have forms, like you said, we have forms on iOS, Android, UWP. UWP in and of itself runs a million places. UWP, not that you would build a forms app for HoloLens. UWP and forms can run on a HoloLens. It can run on an Xbox. It can run on a Windows IoT Core Raspberry Pi. Um, And then you also have Mac OS and um, and WPF. And so we have the mobile, all the mobile platforms supported, all the major mobile platforms and iOS, Android and Windows. We have all of the major desktop platforms supported. I guess all the desktop platforms now, when, once we get this GTK Sharp and WPF yeah. uh, back end up, we'll have Windows, Mac and Linux. I mean, that is freaking amazing. And you're missing some. You're missing oh, some. I, I am missing some. So That's you've, right. got, you've got Tizen. So Samsung too, takes, yeah. you, takes you to Tizen phones, to wearables, to TV, TV, which I saw their booth at Build, and I was really impressed. It was my first time to actually see it in person. I knew what it was. I'd seen you know, what it, what it did, but to, to actually see it in person, how beautiful it was on the 4K screen, I was oh, yeah, it looks great. really yeah. impressed. Uh, but then I, I know, I mean, we don't, this is not an official support, call this right. fan fandom here, but uh, I, I understand some people have used it on an Apple TV. Oh, very exciting. That happened somewhere at some point. It happened somewhere in some branch, maybe. (laughs) So, I mean, that's, but that, that kind of leads me into just an observation I wanted to make. And this isn't really part of what, well, we were necessarily talking about. It's not even really necessarily part of Xamarin 3.0, Xamarin Forms 3.0, but I guess it kind of fits in general. So I've been doing this, this gig, uh, as, as PM with Xamarin Forms for, uh, what, five months now, uh, finishing the fifth month. 
Something that has really impressed me uh, about the Xamarin Forms community and the developers that come over here is um, they never cease to amaze me with what they want to do with Xamarin Forms. I think that a lot of the evolution of what you have seen in this platform since day one has been driven largely by the community. Um, because <laughs> what it was originally written for and what we thought people were going to do with it uh, is not necessarily where it's gone. And we continue, right. uh, you know, and now, of course, I can say we for sure now because I'm certainly part of the team. Um, but it's a lot of listening to and watching and being amazed at what people do with this thing and uh, helping them to do more and more and more. And so um, now more than ever, customer feedback, community feedback is really important to us. And I, I, I want to promise you as, as the program manager for the platform, I don't throw many promises out there, but uh, I'm listening. And I am looking for feedback, um, the good, the bad, the ugly, the visionary, all of it, because it really does make a difference. And uh, it helps us to not only make the decisions, but to have the appropriate ammunition, if you will, to, to you know, leverage, leverage those decisions to make them happen, essentially. Yeah, it's, it's been awesome to see. I mean, even after just in the last five or six months since we introduced, you know, the, Xamarin, the public Xamarin Forms roadmap and the Evolution Forum, just seeing all the proposals and the and the contributions and things like that that we've seen has just been amazing. We've we've seen multiple things that have been proposed by the community, implemented and merged into Xamarin Forms and are now part of the product. And that's super powerful. And it going back to what you said earlier, like what Xamarin Forms was at 1.0 and what it is now are two totally different pieces. And that's because of yeah. you guys. And it's been really amazing to see. Like Xamarin Forms, you can build any type of app you want with it now. And that wasn't true with 1.0. And that was that was something that the community drove. And that was really awesome to see. And obviously, I mean, we're just getting started, baby. It's only 3.0. We still have <laughs> iOS is on 11. We still got some catching up to do. So We were just looking uh, at Google Chrome. My Google Chrome is on 28. Or no, 58. <laughs> it's on 58. 58, yeah. Well, we need so. to adopt the, the Facebook uh, <laughs> iOS app mode of versioning where we just release an update every week, even if we didn't change anything. Sure, sure. Why not? Hey, something, I, you know, as a note, and, and we should talk about this. We should have a separate segment on this, a uh, separate podcast on on just the evolution form. Um, yep. we should, we should go through that, talk about it. Um, I think there's a lot of good things to, to look at there. Um, but it's more than we, we have time for now. For sure. And then, uh, just one final announcement before we wrap this up. Um, if you're watching the day two keynote, so there's two keynotes at build. The first one's kind of more cloud oriented, uh, the Scott Goo keynote, which makes sense. And then the second one is more, um, Windows centric uh, from Terry Myerson. Um, and in the Windows keynote, which is where the Xamarin Live player was shown, um, we also announced uh, in collaboration with the UWP team uh, a spec for XAML standard. Uh, so if people don't know what XAML standard is, it sounds very confusing. There's a lot of standards out there. There's .NET standard. There's a .NET standard is very misunderstood. Uh, all the standards are very misunderstood. So what exactly is XAML standard? Um, what's the use case for it? And how does it relate to .NET standard, if at all? So, so the quick background, which a lot of people are familiar with, but it bears repeating, uh, XAML um, is a declarative visual markup language, right? So you're, you're declaring your UI. In and of itself, there's no functionality to it. Um, to, to inflate it, to provide life to it, you have to have a, a framework, a platform behind it that 
takes action on that. So it's right. just descriptive of your UI. But the the way that it's implemented on UWP, WPF, et cetera, on, on the Windows side, and the way that it has been implemented so far in Xamarin Forms differs. Um, so th- they both adhere to the same uh, or different versions of the same XAML specification, um, but their implementations are different. And that has created a little bit of confusion. If you're wanting to come from uh, a WPF background and jump straight into XAML in a Xamarin Forms application, you may, it looks kind of uh, similar, but it's a little different. So um, what XAML standard is doing is it's, it's you know, first of all, acknowledging uh, that we want to have a common way to talk about UI between these different platforms. We're not expecting the platforms to be the same, but we are looking for a way to improve this and to help people make this transition. So in terms of what it is right now, it's a specification. It's a definition of where we have common ground and where we think we can start from. So there is a website on GitHub, um, which we can link to. And it, right now, discussion is happening with the community. It is, is being done in the open. We're not making a bunch of decisions about XAML behind closed doors. We are looking for feedback. We're engaging with people. The the Windows developer group is engaging with people. The Xamarin Forms team, we're on there. We're talking to people and uh, saying, here's what we think it is. Here's where we think we can start. And then there'll be an implementation of it. Now, when it comes to having an implementation of it, what does it do for you? Um, if you are targeting iOS and Android and UWP and you're using Xamarin Forms, not much, um, because Xamarin Forms is your best of breed in terms of reaching those platforms, and of course, all the other platforms we just described. And so it's not going to provide you with much. Um, primarily, and I, I like the way Miguel described this, XAML standard is essentially, uh, it makes XAML an asset. An asset in terms of, it's like your a PNG or a JPEG, et cetera. Those are assets. And so your XAML, your description of UI becomes an asset that you can then share between uh, your different platforms. So if your XAML adheres to the XAML standard specification, then you will be able to drop it into a Xamarin Forms application and Xamarin Forms will completely support that. It, you could take that into a UWP, a WPF application. As long as they support and, and recognize the XAML standard, they can use that XAML. So your XAML just became a portable asset if that makes sense. Um, so that's kind of what it gives us. It gives us a way to talk commonly about XAML. It gives us a portable asset of UI description. Um, yeah, and, and it's being done in the open. I believe we're shooting to have a 1.0 uh, out in some form uh, later this year and evolve it from there, you know, see where it goes. And I think in terms of Microsoft at large, I think it's a, it's just a really good example of how we are trying to communicate more and more between the the Xamarin Forms team and the Xamarin team and the Windows developer team because you know we are teams within a large organization and uh, it's important that we talk to each other and look for opportunities to co-evolve these ecosystems. For sure, very exciting. So where can people go get, if I want to try out all the stuff we just mentioned in Xamarin Forms 3, yeah. where can I go get that? How do I get that set up? How does that work? So the first parse, uh, first parse, the first place to start uh, with the 3.0 is the blog post. Um, so there's a blog post, I think I titled it Glimpsing the Future of Xamarin Forms 3.0 or something along those lines. Seems about uh, right. Yeah. So that will give you uh, a link to my GitHub with the demos from Build, as well as description of where to find the NuGet packages on my Git that are specific for the 3.0 
early preview. So check that there. That's the best place to get started with that. Um, the roadmap uh, should be updated. Well, it is updated. I know I just updated it. It's not should. It's updated in the forums. Um, and so I've laid out what we're completing in Q2, which is just wrapping, you know, it's, it's about to wrap up. We've got a little bit of time left and we've got some things in the pipeline for bug fixes, et cetera, that are coming out. But then I also defined Q3 and established uh, what we are hoping to deliver within that time frame in a series of releases. 3.0 will come out and then, of course, a 3.1, 3.2, whatever is necessary to get those features out. Um, and then Q4 is kind of left to be to be determined right now, which makes some people nervous, maybe. There's so many things that we could be doing. I just didn't want to start setting false expectations with people about what's going to come in Q4. So as I as I have a better sense of where we're going to land on things, I'll fill that out. So the roadmap is another place to to look and to, to give us feedback, to get started. Of course, the forums in general, um, those are probably your best bets right now. And of course, watch the uh, the build video and kind of get up to speed and see some of those demos and hopefully be inspired. For sure. Well, thanks for joining me today, Dave. Right on. Thanks for having me. You sound great too, by the way. You sound even better at the end of the podcast. <laughs> Somehow I made it. I, well, I have to record another podcast right after this. So we'll go, see how I am in another something. hour. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this has been another edition of the Xamarin Podcast. I'm Pierce Bogan and I was joined by David Ortnow. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.